welcome to the Law of Attraction podcast. I'm your host, Natasha Graziano, previously Grano. I'm so excited to bring you the latest wisdom and science from leading experts and world-class speakers from around the globe to teach you how to manifest your goals in love, career, financial abundance, and have anything you want in life. I'm the creator of the world-renowned Meditational Behavioral Synchronicity Method, the MBS Method. By listening to this podcast, you will learn how to refocus your mindset and rewire your thought process in simple, tangible exercises that you can begin right here, right now, simply by pressing play. Hey guys, I'm so excited to be here today with a very special VIP guest. He is someone you guys may recognize from Shark Tank on ABC. He is an entrepreneur, 35's awards in entrepreneurship, brand week marketer of the year, entrepreneur of the year award. He's the CEO of FUBU, which is a world-renowned lifestyle brand, 6 billion in product sales across his career of course, star of Shark Tank. He's written five best-selling books, The Power of Broke, Rise and Grind. Most recent was Power Shift, which I've personally read. It's amazing. We're going to dive into it. You guys already know who I'm talking about. Let's bring the king on himself. Damon John, what's up? How are you? I'm well. Good seeing you. Um, I don't think I've talked to you in person or this way and since you've gotten married. So congratulations on everything. Um, so it was great to be here with you. I'm so happy to catch up. I know it feels like forever. You know, time just elapses. It's just one of those things. Just it folds. And then we find ourselves in these new places, new situations. And it's amazing. So, yeah, I'm really happy to have you back. Had so much fun on Power Talks. It was it was really fun. The only difference is today I'm not wearing my Japanese kimono. So you're always coming with style. So that's absolutely uh, amazing. You know that. (laughs) Look, there's so many things that our audience would love to hear from you. Power, you know, your your book that I've just read. Let's start there because that's something which is changing lives all over the world. Everybody's got it in their hand. I'm going through the airport. I'm seeing people with it in their hands. It is everywhere. Where where did you start with that? Like, what's your mission? Because I know your mission. So tell our audience what your mission is in the world and where and about that book in particular. Well, you know, in regards to writing books, you know, I'm dyslexic, so it's very hard to write books. I don't write them for no reason. Um, And um, I usually write books after, uh, you know, I try to mentor as many people as I can, whether it's on Shark Tank, on Facebook, or in person, whatever cases, but I can't be everywhere. And usually when people come to me with some kind of problem or challenge they have, I have a a book to refer them to, whether mine or Tim Ferriss's or Gary Vee, Tony Robbins, I have some book to refer them to. and, and, and what I do is usually I write down the questions that I cannot answer or I have not answered in a book or I don't have a book to refer them to. And then that comes up with, if I have to, another book. And that was the, the PowerShift book. People were saying to me, this is way before COVID, because actually PowerShift uh, came out um, in January, uh, March 20, 2020, exactly when COVID hit. Um, so I had prepared the book a year, year and a half prior. And a lot of people said, no matter all the stuff you teach me, all the books you tell me to go to, I don't really have the power to do that. Or somebody is holding back the power from me or somebody needs to give me the power. And I realized that so many people just don't realize that nobody's going to come and take you off your couch and give you power or give you anything else. And that you have to understand how to do it yourself. So 
Uh, I really put in the book the three or four pillars on how you, uh, you know, rise and wherever you are, whatever you're doing. So one is building influence. Two is negotiating what's in the best interest for the person on the other side of the table. Three, it's, of course, um, nurturing the relationship because people think that life is very transactional, like Shark Tank. You come in in one minute and, and then five minutes later, you have the deal. You don't. Almost most transactions almost never happen the first time you meet somebody. I'm not talking about you go to sort of pick up a Twinkie or something like that. I'm talking about. A deal. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the, the bottom line of all of this, though, is really know your why and what you want out of things. A lot of people really do not want know what they're willing to give up or what they really want. Um, and, and so anyway, I lay it out in the book. I have a lot of people in the book from Chris Jenner to Billie Jean King to Lindsey Vaughn to uh, uh, Mark Cuban's in the book and so many people that have been able to shift and change the dynamics of either the way public perception is of them or, I mean, think about Chris Jenner running the Kardashians or Billie Jean King fighting for uh, the equality in women in, in globally in sports. And um, it's just been amazing how they've given so much knowledge to people in the book. Wow, powerful. I love that. Well, for anyone that hasn't yet read this book, if by the end of this chat here, you haven't already ordered it, you want to go and order it. You want to get that book into your collection. Because I know like my top books, in fact, give us two, give us three of your top books. Yours is obviously in there for my choice. But what are your three, if somebody is starting out in entrepreneurship, they're starting out right now, they're going to read yours and give us three, like maybe older ones that you sort of have, uh, you know, maybe someone who's even here. Would read, um, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Mm-hmm. I would read Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kozaki. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so many uh, other really amazing ones. You know what? I will teach you to be rich by Ramit. I think his name is Ramit Seti, but his name is Ramit for sure. I will teach you to be rich. Mm-hmm. Good choices. Two of those are like the all-time favorites that people tend to say as well. I love that. You see, guys, for anyone listening, it's not a fluke that people say the same books. It's not a fluke that all these incredible, successful minds like Damon, who's overachieved in life, who's done some phenomenal things. It's not a fluke that he's saying that. It's not a fluke that we are all giving you the same success mindset tips. I'd love, while we're talking around this area here, to dive deeper into to mindset and skill sets that it takes to be successful. What are your top, you know, things that will go maybe three or five, however many you want to do, that will go into somebody's skill set? What do they need? What is their ultimate skill set somebody needs to be successful in today's age? You know, that's that's tough, but I, I would say that, uh, you know, communication is by far. Uh, they need to be able to relay their idea to people. They need to be able to absorb the information communication goes two ways right you you know you communicate like your face you have one mouth and two ears you listen twice as much as you speak um so that's extremely important um uh taking affordable steps knowing that you need to take some uh motion forward um people uh, often gets they suffer from analysis paralysis they believe that they gotta wait because they need the money they need this they need that instead of taking just an affordable step I think also being a little vulnerable is important, you know, being able to uh, throw yourself out there and, um, and and tell people your dreams or act on your dreams and not be as concerned with what people think, you know, um, also educating yourself, 
always educating yourself, always learning. And I think last but not least is being a problem solver in any form of a relationship, whether it is your uh, relationship with your spouse or whether it's a relationship with your family or your relationship with your employer or employee. You know, a lot of people go to you and they say, well, here's the problem. Well, thank you for the problem. Did you think of any other way that this can be solved? Or are you willing to work with me with this? You know, because it's easy for anybody and everybody to be, you know, tell you the problem. And if they keep telling you the same problem all the time, well, actually, they're the problem, right? So um, what I find is the most collaborative people or the innovative people, or the best partners is they come to you with some kind of solutions or they come to you and say, I may not have the answer to this, but what do we do together to find this answer? And you keep moving forward and you respect and value each other. We all have relationships where everybody just tells you their damn problem all the time or the problem with you. Well, the problem with the world, the problem, the problem, the problem. Well, what's the damn solution? You're going to sit here and tell me the problem. Mm-hmm. I don't have a solution. Well, then shut the fuck up. You don't have a solution. Like, what do you want me to do? You know? 100%. I like that because actually it's like looking at the problem as a series of smaller tasks. In fact, break it down. A problem is never just a problem. I, I now never used to be able to say this. I now get excited when I see a problem. I see it as a challenge, as a series of smaller tasks that I need to overcome. And if I can break that down into smaller tasks, I find it easier. Of course, anyone would. If you break it down, when you see it like a monumental fucking mountain, you are not going to want to jump over that mountain. But if you go up a little bit up the mountain and then you see how far you've come and you go again, you're just going to gradually get over the mountain. Now, when you, when, you, when you talk to people, there's only two types of people that you're going to talk to that you have a problem. Number one, if you talk to somebody who is genuinely interested in solving that problem and working with you, if you don't have solutions, not all the time, but sometimes to be open solutions, they either say, well, you expect it to be my job or you don't want to put the effort in or you're too dumb or whatever the case is. And they're going to be more attracted to other people that are collaborative and work with them and be honest about it and be like, I don't have the answer, but let's try to do this. The other type of people you're going to tell your problem to are the people that don't care because it's an old saying, don't tell anybody your problem. 20% don't care. The other 80% are really happy you have them, right? So you're only going to have two type of people you tell your problems. So in which person will you be as you share that information with them? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. That's a great uh, skill set list that you've given right there. You know, and the other one that I love as well on the skill set, and we often talk about it here on the podcast is knocking on doors. Like how many doors are you going to knock on every single day to get to where you want to be? What what do you think about that? Absolutely. You have to kiss a lot of frogs. Uh, You know, whether you feel that you are hindered because you are a woman, part of LGBTQ, you're a veteran, you're African-American, you're African-European, whatever the case is, um, you know, you know, you got to knock on as many doors as possible because what happens is, um, and everybody feels that they are hindered for some reason. Even people who are wealthy feel like, well, because I was born with a famous last name, now nobody believes that I'm willing to work. Whatever the case is, we, we all have our issues. Um, but, you know, when I first started my companies, I never went after number one, two, and three in the market to partner with. I went after number 40 who wanted to be number one, two, and three in the market because the first 10 or 20 said, why do I need you? All right, I, I understand that. So why don't I go to the ones who we have a symbiotic relationship and we need each other and we can grow. And and that's the important part of knocking on doors. You know, I talk a lot about goal setting and that is another part in the, in what, uh, you know, I didn't mention about being, uh, you know, uh, successful traits, but you know, at one time in my life, I was setting goals that every time I woke up, I made 50 calls a day. It didn't matter. I had 
50 calls a day. And 10 of them were to manufacturers, 10 were to stores, 10 were to customers, 10 were to banks, and 10 were to whoever else. And I made 50 calls a day every single day for three years. And it didn't matter. I had to make those calls. And it took me about two hours every day to make those calls. I made a lot of calls, though. And, you know, it, it ended up compounding over the years to, you know, to, to really, really help me a lot. That's powerful. Going out there and taking those phone calls and taking that initiative. I always say to people, overshoot the mark. Go for 50 because five will stick. It's like how I built myself up with the career I have now. I wouldn't be speaking on stage alongside certain people if I hadn't have knocked on doors at the beginning being like, hey, this is who I am. And this is what value I have. People, when they come to you, right, they come and they look at you. And they'll look at you and they'll look at three things. One, what value you're offering. Two, who you associated with. And three, where have they seen you? So for somebody like Damon, probably when you're looking at people who are coming to you and pitching on Shark Tank or other things, you, you want to know what, what value they have. What advice would you give to an entrepreneur touching around sort of, you know, that, that topic? Yeah, absolutely. I was going to put up a post about it, about mentorship and various, various other things. When people are looking at you and people are in a better position than you perceive them to be, and they happen to maybe in a better position over here, they do want to know what value do you bring? Why do I need that? I mean, you know, you'll see on our show, Kevin O'Leary will say it all the time. He'll be like, well, if you don't have any customers, this is just an idea of yours. Why don't I just pay one of my staff to create the same thing? Why do I need you? What value do you bring? Now, your value may be the insight on the company. Your value may be the uh, that you've done it for years or that you have a patent or you have something else. But, you know, I was going to put up something about mentorship to, to serve and be a mentor. A lot of people ask me and a lot of other people to be mentors. But often, you know, what I ask, well, who have you been a mentor to? Who have you served? You can only... Be served if you have been of service and to understand what it is to be a mentor. And somebody say, well, I don't have it to be a mentor. Why don't you? You could be underserving uh, kids who don't have money. You could be uh, you could be serving, excuse me, you could be serving um, uh, people who are a little bit older, but they don't know how social media works. But you understand how to uh, you know, train them in that. You can always serve. And if you don't feel you're a value to serve, then why should I feel you're a value to teach? Because you don't have any value, basically. That's what you're saying to me. And this is not about charity. You know, so uh, again, you know, you have to see you, people have to see where there is value that you can add to them in a good way, though. You know, people want to just know that they are growing with you. I love that. That's beautiful. Well, getting yourself a mentor is, is one of the first things. If you, you know, if you're listening to this and you're first of all, you're listening to this, you're in a great place because you are listening, which means you are learning. When you talk, you don't learn. When you read a book, when you listen to a podcast, when you get into somebody's program, when you learn from someone like this king right here, Damon, when you listen, you learn. And it's like being one-to-one mentored by that person for the duration of that show, for the duration of whatever they're doing. So my best thing to you right now, if you're listening to this, knowing that Damon is achieved what he has, he's someone you want to learn from. You want to get into his psyche, you want to understand how he achieved what he did. What do you think about expanders? Why so I, I on my uh, five pillars of achieving your goals and manifesting what you want using various different things, the law of attraction, you know, it's my favorite topic. I love to, my, my fourth pillar is using people as expanders to expand your vision. So I mean, hanging out with or associating yourself with individuals like yourself, like, uh, you know, anybody who's really overly achieved and done something incredible, whoever it may be from the Elon Musk's to um, Richard Branson, it could be, you know, Jay Abraham, whoever it may be, 
Who are you choosing those five people to surround yourself with? Now, ideally, you want to know them because then you, your average goes up because the five people you're hanging out with now is raised. Your average is raised because of who you are hanging out with. But if you are, you know, you don't know these people, get into their programs, hang out with them, play around them, understand what they're teaching and how they're teaching it, because then you're going to learn from the best. So did you have expanders? And what do you think about that? I mean, I think what you're saying is spot on. I mean, I didn't know that I was um, doing it when I was doing it. But yeah, you know, I was a big fan. I still am a big fan of Tony Robbins' work and Jay Abraham's work. And as I mentioned, a lot of the books that I uh, grew up with, um, you know, reading and listening to the tapes. And that's what I did. I just put as much positive things I could in my mind and think the way that those individuals thought. And um, and I still see them. Like you mentioned Jay Abraham. I had reached out to him probably about 12 years ago to be a mentor of mine um, as I was, uh, you know, coming up in the, the, the more entertainment marketing side of things, uh, the single marketing side of things. So, yeah, you know, I agree with you. That, that's a great way to say it. You know, if you start absorbing this information again, like we were talking about, we all mentioned the same books. There's no there's no great scheme to get you. None of those books I mentioned were mine. Right. Um, there's no great scheme to get you to read those. And uh, you mentioned the same one. So people from all different walks of life mentioned the same books and all these books were, were, were written during different time periods. Why? Mm -hmm. There's a thought wave and a thought process that we that we utilize uh, the people that tend to be more successful in this field of life. Absolutely. Well, I believe that the knowledge is, is ancient. I believe that success comes from the same ideologies and the same practices that everybody at the top is doing. And it's gone from thousands of years in different ways and it's been passed down passed through the Einsteins and the Da Vinci's and it continues into where we are today you know I just looked on the calculator so you said you make 50 calls a day you made 50 calls a day when you started you know guys do you know how many that is a year that's 18,250 calls a year yo your business is incredible if you're making 18,000 calls a year right I just <laughs> Yeah, because you got to think about it. The first, you know, when you're making those calls, you're either learning what to say or what not to say. You are, you know, breaking down those barriers, those walls. That person who who didn't talk to you 10 times, 20 times, they're going to talk to you the 30th or the 40th time. Um, so when you're making those calls and you're constantly just, you know, uh, getting out there, you're sharpening your skill set, you are, you're doing everything else. But there's too many people out there who just sit there and go, uh, you know, uh, uh, what should I do first? They don't get out the gate. You know, getting out the gate is, is the first thing because we procrastinate and that's something that goes against our human nature. And actually the, the place to start is within yourself to look at yourself, know, get clarity on your vision of what you want, know exactly what you want, and then take small steps, you know, three small goals a day, even three towards those 50 calls. Let's say you're going to make 50 calls. So your first of the three goals is to actually call a few people just call three to five people if you can't get to that 50 straight away do three small goals a day that's 1096 goals a year like that is phenomenal if you can even do three small goals towards your main goal your side hustle is your main hustle now like it has become something amazing talking about hustles and like having achieved loads I love FUBU like I just everything you've done you know in this world and your music as well like is there anything that you didn't do I love it you you know you've done a lot yeah we, we mess around with a lot of things you know because taking 
just taking those small steps and not being that concerned and being who you are and just going out there and putting out some authentic things and people will respond. They'll respond to a good, bad, or different. They'll say, I don't like it. Then you'll say, okay, well, let me adjust it so it is likable, or maybe uh, it was the wrong thing. But if you're really coming from a good place, it always, if it's authentic, you'll always resonate with somebody. I like that. Authenticity is so key. You're one of the most authentic people I know. Like, I've known you for however long now, and, you know, I really see that with you. Everything you say, everything you do, everything you put out there in the world, always has such a beautiful authentic touch You're, even you with your family everything is so real it's so beautiful to watch so oh uh, yeah. thank you thank you i mean listen at the end of the day i think that people relate more to people that are authentic now don't get me wrong people aspire to be a lot of people out there who are only showing you the best and the best things that they do and you know they're not showing you the ups and downs and and that's cool i just i just think that it's, it's better because i think more people will relate or you can go to sleep at night knowing that you won't be uh, uh, exposed or something else because you you put out some fake facade. Absolutely. Wow. Okay. Can we go back to a point in your life where you had a failure? Because that is where people are going to learn from. People are being knocked down all the time. Their businesses are collapsing. They're like, okay, Damon, I want to be like you. How do I get to that? I've been knocked down. I've gone through some some traumas. What did you do? Like, give me a failure, something you went through and how you learned from it. Um, I, you know, uh, it could be, listen, when I, uh, I was, I was, I was, I was on the first main really rap world tours. It's like a, a roadie on those tours. Young, it was uh, Run DMC and Salt and Pepper and LL Cool J and a lot of them. And I was kind of like the cool kid in high school. And I decided I'm not going to go to college because all the, these kids going to college were, um, nerds as we would call them back then back then it wasn't it wasn't cool to be a nerd it wasn't you know and then those those cool kids stopped uh came back from college um i didn't go to college um and i was a waiter in red lobster at 22 years old uh you know serving them shrimp and i was extremely embarrassed and i realized that maybe i wasn't the cool smart one because they came back from college and they had careers um and that's when i decided to start putting in those 50 calls a day and i decided to start reading and absorbing every time every type of book that uh, I could because I realized that I had already burned and wasted time and time's the only thing that we can ever get back um <clears throat> so I I humbled myself and I started uh doing that and uh I think that was that was really great for me and in between that time I had opened and closed FUBU three separate times and uh, I didn't mind closing but I ran out of just a couple of dollars now, a lot of people wouldn't have done that because they would have said, man, I don't want all my friends to see me close my business. They told me I shouldn't have done it in the first place. Oh, I'm a failure. And uh, no, I close it and then I reset. I close it and then I reset. I close it, then I reset. Um, and it was a combination of knowing that I was behind the time because I wasn't smart enough like those other kids and educating myself, making those 50 calls a day and realizing that I need to be vulnerable and put myself out there because nobody else is going to save me. So I think those are a couple failures from lack of education to um, to being embarrassed to close the business and to telling people I don't know what I don't know. Um, so I, I think you can roll three of those failures up. Wow, I love that. So that's where we learn from. I see failures as tries. When something knocks you back, how much you really want that? Are you going to get back up? You know, there's a, there's a beautiful, and this is a bit out there, yeah, but 
when I was giving birth, okay, and I was about to, and I was giving birth naturally, and I was about to give birth, like physically, the baby was going to come out. I remember saying to the midwives, I was like, I can't do this anymore. I'm going to give up. Like I was so drained because of what I went through anyway in there. And I was like, I can't do it. And the midwife lent into me and she said, Natasha, this is how I know you are about to push your son out. And I said, he's about to come out. I said, how do you know? She said, because every woman just before, not everyone, but when, you know, a lot of women just before they're about to push the baby out, they say, I'm going to give up. I can't do it anymore because you're so, so, so drained and exhausted. But that's how they know it's game time. And so that's when the obstetrician came in. Everyone just runs in and then boom, two pushes later, my son was out. And the reason I mentioned that is because light was success. When you are about to give up, when you feel like you can't go on anymore, when you feel like I just can't do it, I just can't do this anymore. I'm, I'm so, that's when you are so near success. Most times it's there, right? No, that's a very powerful, um, you know, a powerful way to say it and to realize it. But you're absolutely right. It's during that darkest time when, you know, you, you, you felt like you've given it all. And then you find that inspiration or strength because it's something it's something really you know pushing you to say this is the moment you got to do you got to do one more one more try and that's that's what we call whether you want to say the extra mile or anything else like that that is exactly what it is it's the hardest time but it's the most rewarding time wow okay do you have like startups anyone like in that league who's just getting out there with a new tech company they've got a new service they've got a new product something is beginning uh, do you have any tips and tricks for running a successful business? Um, you know, learn to learn to find ways to replace yourself um, first, because, uh, you know, if you replace yourself, then you'll understand that the person is doing a crappy job because you do it really well. Um, or they're doing a rock star job and that you need to reward them. Try to replace yourself in different areas. Of course, understand finance, uh, you know, um, and, or, and or get somebody to understand how the numbers work. At the end of the day, you're, you're a business due to the numbers. Uh, once you get the numbers down and, um, and of course, the product is king. We're talking about if your product is doing decent or is starting to do well. So replace yourself. This is going to give you the availability to scale. Then you, you find somebody to understand the numbers because numbers are always going to be what's critical. And then you've got to find somebody to go out there and, and hit the pavement and start to increase revenue or revenue officer whether it's cheap of sales, even if it's yourself, no problem. But again, remember, I tell you to replace yourself. You don't want to work in the business all the time and not being able to work on the business. And I think those are those are the three things. But other than that, the most um, way more important than any of that stuff is just be customer obsessed. That's it. Be customer obsessed. The whole reason you're in business is because your customers um, don't look at, uh, you know, don't look at complaints as a problem. Complaints are customer feedback showing you ways to improve your product. They don't have to complain to you. They could have just moved on and not told you at all what was going on and just be obsessed with your customer and understand that there's somebody else trying to service that customer and take them away from you. So if you aren't making that customer feel special, then you know you, you got a problem on your hands because always put yourself in the place of that customer. How do we feel when people make us feel special? They listen to our complaints or they give us perks because we've... Um, you know, we've been loyal to them or, you know, you know, so, so just those, those, I think would be the four things that I say you need to do. Wow. Love those things. This is amazing. Okay. With your mindset, is it just the capacity do you think to work hard or is there a deeper and more involved way that you've developed over the years that allows you to push through times when it's like, there's another challenge, there's another something that's trying to get in your way. 
Well, it's not working harder. It's definitely working smarter. It's, it's, it's just realizing that every single thing that you see out there or every hurdle you have, it's been done by somebody else. They have overcome that. And mm-hmm. that no reason you cannot do it. Um, now you have to check in yourself first and say, what, you know, am I doing the right thing? Do I have the right offering? Do I know the, you know, what is in it for the other person? Uh, did I convey the right message or the right information? Am my price too high, too low? Am I not waking up early enough? Is my network not big enough? But at the end of the day, first of all, it starts with you. Um, but, you know, as things happen, you have to first, uh, you know, uh, reset yourself, your approach, what you're doing. And then when you really feel that you're on to something, you got to find ways to go around it and work smart, work much smarter. Don't put yourself in, you know, find softwares that may help you. Find ambassadors that may help you. Find customers that may help you. You know what I mean? Um, you know, that's really what it is. But a lot of people just think that there's some kind of magical pill or silver bullet somewhere else. And they just got the bad end of the, the short end of the stick. And if only somebody else. No, it's totally up to you. It is totally up to you. Every single thing in this world that you uh, are trying to do has been done by somebody else. It's also 99% of people have failed at it. So what is going to make you the difference in why you're going to be one of the successful people at it? Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Really looking at like someone else. I like that a lot. Someone else has already gone over this. Like they've already been through this exact thing. It's so true. On it, or there's information out there publicly that you can actually look at it and track it and say, well, how can I take some of the elements I like of it that work for me and use it for myself, you know? Mm-hmm. I love that. That's so, so true. I think as well, being creative and what you're doing, what's different about your product to your company? Like what's your USP? You know, um, I just co-founded a, a big tech company, like a tech service, um, which is so exciting. And we have to differentiate to everyone else that already has a big texting service. What is different about our company? So I'm going through all of those things at the beginning now, um, you know, getting into a, a lot of that details what makes us different from every, everyone else. So I, you know, being in that sort of world, it's, it's fascinating. You've been so successful over many different years. And do you feel like your past successes have put pressure on you to continue to succeed? And do you ever like, what do you do around pressures? How do you deal with like pressures of like, they just expect you to come back with like a bigger thing. By the way, you are coming back with like bigger and bigger and bigger, but like, how do you handle those sort of like, you know, outdoor pressures? I don't have a pressure at all in that sense. The only pressure I have is that if I, I can't just walk away totally because I have a team and I have people believe in me, but I don't have a large team. I have a team of, you know, maybe 30 people and that's great. But that's the only pressure I have of if I have to shut down a business or change something, which I haven't had to, then do I, how much advance notice do I give them? Do I, do I, would I move them into other areas? Stuff like that, but I haven't had to do that. So I really don't, I don't feel I have, I mean, the only pressure I think I have is my self-inflicted pressure of, you know, work-life balance, you know, how do I, how do I, uh, you know, still stay a positive role model out in the world, no matter what, you know, maybe going on in the world and what may, what may I, I may think or object with, how do I keep that to myself and understand where my position is? It's just about governing yourself, I think. Uh, that's the only pressure I think I have. 
Mm-hmm. I like that. Okay, so a brown mindset and attracting the things that you want into your life. The law of attraction, whether we believe it or not, it's out there. What's your take on the law of attraction and manifesting something that you want using the metaphysical and the things that we can't see? For example, the mind, you can't weigh it, right? You can weigh the brain, you can weigh the heart. The mind you can't weigh, but we know it exists because it's where we think from. It's kind of, there's more to it, right? What do you believe around around that and how it's helped you maybe? No, it's purely goal setting. That's all it is. Um, that's the simplest way to say it. So whether you are uh, reading The Secret or Thinking Go Rich or anything else like that, it's, it's what you envision. You know, Oprah said it, uh, it, it and it's clear, like you become what you think about most of the time. Um, and people don't realize that goal setting works in, in any and every way. So um, after I read Think and Go Rich, you know, I'm a, I'm, I'm a person who is, uh, you know, I think that's what got me where I'm at. Uh, goal setting, manifestation, whatever you call it, in case you call it, because, you know, I read, um, I read 10 goals every night before I go to bed and the same 10 when I wake up in the morning. Um, and six of them expire in six months, the other expire in two years, five years, 10 years and 20 years. Um, and a lot of people don't realize that they're, they're setting goals for themselves negatively, too. You'll always be in an abusive relationship. Uh, you know, it's never been like this in your family. You're going to embarrass yourself or you're going to embarrass us. And you see some other people saying that, you know, you're going to be dead or in jail by 21. And a lot of people actually, as they think those things, they manifest those things. So mm-hmm. thinking about what you want to be and envisioning who you want to be is, is exactly uh, the most powerful thing you do, because as you read these goals to yourself or repeat them to yourself, your subconscious mind cannot filter out what is reality or not. Um, so goal setting is by far the most important thing that you can ever do. That's beautiful. Well, it is absolutely, because without those goals, we don't know where we want to go, who we want to be. And that's where people fall the most. It's not actually having clarity on your vision and knowing what it is that you want to achieve. You've got to set those goals. Look at that. Ten goals a night and morning you read. And why are you doing it? Because like Napoleon Hill said in Thinking Grow Rich, he said, write your statement, write your, you know, what you want to do aloud. Understand your vision. Right. And he said, read it aloud twice a day. I think the important thing to elaborate on, it's not just saying I want a million dollars, but what are you going to do? If you got a you got to see yourself with a million dollars. What are you going to do with it? Are you going to buy expensive cars that are in value? Are you going to buy Airbnbs? Are you going to, you know, put $30,000 away, spend $30,000 away, uh, put $30,000 in the bank every 10, every year for 10 years and $360,000. Are you going to go live in Bali off of that? The other 640, you put in, um, you know, certain stocks and you come back uh, 30 years, you know, at 30 from 20 years to 30, you know, enjoying Bali. And then you all of a sudden have 2.5 in the bank. You got to understand what you're going to do with it. Or if it's a big house that you want to buy. Well, how does it look? Is it a glass doorknob? Is, is it a brass doorknob? Is it a wooden door, a metal door? Is it a foray when you walk in outside? Is there a beach? Is it a desert? Is it grass? Is it trees? Are your kids coming, running down the stairs to say, to greet you? And your significant other there, do you got a dog? Unless you can envision it as well. Because if you just say, I want a big house, what kind of house? You know what I mean? (laughs) What do you want? You know, so. I love that. It's like going shopping in the universe. I always say that to my clients. I'm like, go shopping the same way you would on Amazon. Put your order in. Be so specific. You know, something that I love to do. This is such an amazing manifestation technique. Only because they've got it sat right next to me. I'm not sure why we're traveling over in this hotel as we go between places. And I always take my tea everywhere with me. Okay, so this is a Chinese tea, right? 
oh, every time you and I talk, it always goes back to something like this awesome fun that we're going to have to do this. So look, this is one of my fun things. Me and Damon, every time we talk, we always, we always laugh. We always have something that's, but this is a beautiful technique, right? So Chinese tea that I love and the French, this French brand took over called Mariage. I bought this tea not knowing what this would do for me. I'm not sponsored by this brand, by the way, in any capacity. I just love the tea. It could be any tea. It could be whatever you want. Okay, so I took this box, and every time I open this box, I smell the tea. I'm like, holy mouse, that smells unreal. Okay, so every time I smell it, it smells, it gives me this, like, feeling of something. Now, because this is the only reason I mentioned the name of it, mentioned it, it's called mariage, that means marriage. Every time I smelt their tea, it made me think of marriage. So every day, I will, like, smell this tea and I would visualize what I want. And when I visualize what I want, I would be visualizing my husband. I was like, I'm going to marry this guy. And I would think about, like you just said, every detail, where we're going to live, what the house is, the beach, what we're looking over, every single thing. I would go through all of those details, right? Every time I smell that tea and I would put it in and I would drink my tea and I would just indulge. And it's like a visualization technique. By the way, I also do that with a lemon. So you don't have to do it with tea. You could do it with a lemon. But I love it. So what methods have you used apart from, I like, that's a big one, the 10 goals every single day. But is there any other methods that you can think of that you've used? Something you recommend somebody, like my random tea thing that I just (laughs) happen to have on the desk next to me. What do you like to do that helps you to get in tune with that goal? So it goes back to the gold, but I can get more detail in it. The reason I read them before I go to bed is I want it to be the thing I think about when I go to sleep. And the reason I wait to read them in the morning, all in one move toward the goals. Um, when I read them, when I go to bed, sometimes I don't um, actually read them. Sometimes I, uh, I'll play them on my phone, on, on, the, on the radio, on the speaker, excuse me. And what it'll do is it will run for hours as I sleep. So it'll keep manifesting in my head. Um, the re- and in the morning, sometimes I, I, uh, I work out with them. So I add adrenaline to them. However, what I do is I have a playlist that I read them to, um, going the distance from Rockies on there and various other things. So once, sometimes when I'm in the car or I'm someplace else, I can just put on the playlist. I don't have to be reading the goals and it'll take me to those goals. You know, Rocky song. Dun, 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 dun. I could be driving the car, but now I think of myself running on the beach or I think of myself in that place that I, I want to be in 10 and 20 years. And it is just running through my head. It's the same as, you, you know, you, you hear a commercial, a stupid jingle. You can't get the damn commercial out of your head. That is a life when I play these, the, the, this, this, this uh, track of uh, these, these 10 tracks that I read, that I listen to at the same time I read my goals. And uh, those, are, those are my key. And it reinforces my goals anytime I want. Wow, that's amazing. I'm obsessed with that one. The music, adding the music to it, reading the goals, like affirmations, listening to it. That is an amazing takeaway. I'm obsessed with it. I'm going to be doing it, taking a video later. Guys, that is something you want to be doing now. You know what? Do it now every single day for 30 days. Hit up Damon in his DMs anyway and let him know what you thought of this today. Let him know, like bombard him. I want him to come to me and say, Natasha, yo, your people are really like intense. Hit him up. Go crazy in his DMs. <laughs> Go wild. And it's at Damon John, isn't it? That's your Instagram, right? At the Shark Damon. And my name is spelled like um Raymond with the D. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's it. Okay, so I'm going to put the link below anyway in the tags below. But 
hit him up wherever you're watching this right now. Go wild. Ask him something. Let him know what you thought of this. Just dive in. He he wants to. He, I know you love your fans. You're so good and so committed to everyone. So hit him up and let him know what you think of this, this today. And when you've practiced this for 30 days and you've actually tried doing the goals, let him know how that went. Say, oh my gosh, you won't believe what this happened. Hallelujah. We loved it. It was good. Just start off with one or two. Yeah, one or two. Like you said, and start off. Should they record it onto their phone or should they? I, sh I would suggest at first you read it out loud. Um, but again, you, you have to remember to, uh, you know, I would really suggest going and reading that. Uh, Napoleon Hill thing over because neither, uh, neither Natasha or I want you to start it and fail at it. Uh, month is really great to start off with. You won't see those things really happen for, uh, you know, six months, a year. But listen, you know, what are you going to do anyway, right? You're still already thinking what you're going to do down the road. But learn the technique of it. It is basically, I'm going to do this by this date. Um, and the incremental steps on how are you going to do this? One call a day, drink a green drink to lose pounds, whatever the case is, every day. Right. And uh, then you get to where you are, whether it's I'm going to lose 20 pounds because I want to fit into that red dress and my my life with my husband will be way more romantic or I'm going to reduce this stress or this or the, the, the diabetes. And I'm going to, uh, you know, uh, and then you have to remember at the end of the goal, what is the final reason for reading it so when i read my goals about losing weight and by the way i never hit my goal of course remember i never hit those six month goals i don't i set them so big that i get them this close and i reset them so if i say i'm going to lose 20 pounds i'll lose 10 pounds but when i read that goal i will talk about putting 10 steps ten thousand steps on my watch i'll talk about every day doing x amount of workout substituting one nasty meal with a green drink losing about a pound in a week uh, pound per week. And by that time of when I get to the X amount of pounds, I envision myself being that much more slender or in shape. But the end goal is that I will be healthier to be around to walk my three little girls down the aisle. And I envision myself walking my each one of my daughters down the aisle when they get married. That's the important part of the goal. So you have to envision whether it's that house, whether it's that family, whether it's that health, whether it's what whether it's that huge company, whether it's standing in front of crowds like Natasha and motivating people and um, and getting people excited, you got to envision that end part of the goal. That is so true and so profound. The end part of the goal. See it like it's already happened, like it's already yours. Own it. You see, you're hearing it from the king himself. David, it's been such a pleasure having you today. I've had the best time having you here. I know our audience is going to go wild for this. Is there anything you want to share as a final giveaway to our audience today? Like some words. This is like the words that are going to stick with them right now. You know, I I, I got to say, you're you're literally at the best time in history, I believe. You know, with the with the with the ability to communicate globally and technology and the wealth gap, unfortunately, getting getting uh, much larger. But the bottom line is which side of the gap you want to be on by understanding how to digitally, uh, you know, enhance yourself and being able to work with people all around the world. And with COVID out, I mean, you know, there's so many different challenges we have, but the best the best opportunity is everybody in the world has gone through some kind of anxiety, emotional loss, physical loss, social issues. They're very open to collaborating. Uh, if you were to call people two years ago, maybe they were on a plane, train, automobile, they were busy, their company wasn't going in that direction. A lot of people have extra time that you haven't been able to work with in years and you miss and you want to see. 
A lot of people are open to collaborating because they're excited about new things in this world. And a lot of people are open to uh, any ideas that you have as long as you're bringing value to them. Um, so I think this is an opportune time and don't look at it as the world has crumbled. Look at it as there's a lot of opportunity and take advantage of that opportunity. I mean, you got two ways to look at things, negative or positive. You got to take the positive with it. 100%. I love that. Such amazing last words on this podcast from Damon John. Guys, if you want to hit up Damon John, you know how to do so. The tags are below and you got his Instagram link and you can go and find his book, Power Shift. And I personally read it. It was absolutely amazing. <clears throat> Sorry, something in my throat as I'm like doing your extra. So we're so excited to catch up with you again soon. Hopefully you'll come back on this beautiful, fun show here on the Law of Attractive Secrets. Thank you so much for coming today, Damon. Thank you for always having so much energy and trying to make people live better. Yay. Thanks, King. So that was the incredible Damon John. We had the most amazing time with him today. We learned how to bounce back from failure. We learned how to visualize your dreams and your goals and make them come to fruition. What tips and skill sets you need in today's world and you got to work on every single day to get to where you want to be. He is one of the most incredible men on this planet. He's an entrepreneur who has just been through so much and achieved so much. He is one of the sharks on Shark Tank on ABC. I hope you've enjoyed today, guys. Thank you so much for listening, spending the time here with me, with us, and committing to yourself and your own journey and learning where and how to get to the next place in where you are personally going. Because each one of us is on our own journey, right? So if you've enjoyed today, I know for sure you're going to enjoy next week's episode with such an incredible guest coming in. I look forward to seeing you again soon. Please do share this with your friends. If you put it on Instagram, you screenshot that you are listening or watching this today and you put it on your Instagram and you tag me at Natasha Grano, I will repost that out to my 6 million following. Just to say thank you so much for spending the time here and listening in. And if you do a rating and review, it means the world to us if you have enjoyed it because that is how this podcast continues to grow. And all of these incredible words and missions that you hear from all these different experts and world-class speakers, as they come on, we get to spread it even further and help more people. And through you writing that rating and review, you are single-handedly helping someone. So thank you so much again, sending you love and light for your day. And I'll catch up with you soon. If you enjoyed this episode of the Law of Attraction podcast, it would be amazing if you could follow on Spotify or leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It means the world to me and to all of us. You, the listener, are the only way that this podcast grows. And those small acts of kindness that you do to support, they go such a long way. It's the cycle of giving and receiving. And as you give, you receive. That is the Law of Attraction in action. Whether or not you believe in it or not, it is happening in your life. And I know you could be listening right now to literally thousands of other podcasts, but you've chosen to be here and listen to this, the Law of Attraction podcast with me, Natasha Graziano. And I just want to say from the bottom of my heart to yours, I am so grateful to you. And I hope this has helped you. I hope that you've enjoyed it as much as I have. And I hope you go out into the world and attract the life you deserve because you can have, be, and do anything you want. You've simply got to start by believing. Believing in yourself, believing it is possible to attract anything you want into your life. 
And it all starts by taking action. And once you start taking inspired action by listening to a podcast like this every single week and learning from experts, you get into the mindset of that expert and myself while you're listening for the duration of this podcast. You get that chance to be almost one-to-one mentored by them for the duration of your listening. And that is the power of a podcast. So please do follow on Spotify, leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. We are so grateful for you and we look forward to hearing from you and seeing you again later this week. Peace, love and gratitude for your day ahead.